0: Why hello there my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now allow me to introduce you to your hosts Max, Peter and Jace. Here we go episode number eight of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We got a great show for you to for you today uh it's peter talking right now we got jace and max together too we got a really good show we're gonna get into boom bust we're gonna get into quote from a fellow monarch we're doing reports from around the realm all the all the main hitters and we got an extra little bonus section at the end for you today we're gonna get into a little bit of sports gambling we're gonna do mortal locks of the week so all of our mortal locks that will never lose no matter what you do Mm -hmm. with them Uh, And we're going to keep tally throughout the season and see who ends up with the best record. Uh, But before we get into that, I wanted to say to everybody, congrats. We have two months of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. First two months. And, you know, we always feel like winners out here. But somebody feels like an extra particular winner this week. I wanted to throw the mic over to Jace really quick to describe his win for us.
1: Yep. So the, the Dynasty Monarchy took home a big one in Fanduel this weekend. Um, I did, I threw three dollars down on a Sunday NFL no huddle and uh, flipped it into 5k. So I finished second out of about 37,000 people. Uh, big dub, like that's more money I've ever had in my bank account, like ever, you know, that thing runs dry about every week, you know, that's the struggles of the college kids. So um, yeah, it, it was a big week and, you know, I keep going back to check, um, to see that money in my account just to make sure it's real. So, uh, I literally have like no words to describe how excited I was for it.
0: Uncle Sam's going to come and take his fair share though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's uh that's the downside to it for sure. But you know, like but I it's, said, even if it's a grand, that's more money than I've had in <laughs> quite that's some right. time. <laughs> it's more money than you had. <laughs> that's right. Yep. All right. So really quick, Jace, could you go into the
0: roster just for a couple seconds? Just yeah, yeah. kind of get people used to uh,
1: kind of what the FanDuel uh, sports uh, yeah. fantasy is in relation to everything. Mm-hmm. So in FanDuel or just like daily fantasy, but FanDuel specifically, you get a $60,000 salary cap and you get nine positions to spread that money out on various players. So this is what I had as a lineup. I had Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. He was uh, 8,700 bucks. David Montgomery at running back, uh, 7,500 bucks. Zach Moss at running back two, for six grand. Tyreek Hill as the wide receiver one, 8,200 bucks. Corey Davis as my wide receiver two, 5,700 bucks. Terry McLaurin uh, as my wide receiver three, 7,100. Anthony Furkser as my tight end. DJ Moore as my flex for 7,300. Ferkser, excuse me, he was 4500 bucks, and the Buffalo Bills defense for $5,000. So uh, that equated to 210.62 uh, fantasy points, and that was good for second place behind 216. Just so, missing Cordell Patterson. That's right. Yeah, actually, that was my big qualm. I was texting the guys uh, while it was happening. Zach Moss and Cordell Patterson were the same exact price, and uh, somehow – I didn't get him in any of my lineups this weekend and had Cordero been in that lineup, it would have been a 10 grand day rather than a five grand, but you know, you know, beggars can't be choosers, So we'll take what we can get.
0: This is true. The ramen every night budget doesn't need 10 grand.
1: That's right, man. $3 turning to 5k that I'll take that profit margin for sure. All right.
0: So we're going to get into our first segment. Uh, We're going to go reports around the realm today. Uh, but before we do that, I did want to touch on, uh, Yankees Red Sox right now. (laughs) I'm in a little bit of a rut, uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know I'm a New York sports fan, uh, for the most part. And the Yankees are crushing my soul right now. They're down four to one of the Red Sox at Fenway. I think the season's all but over, but do you guys have any prediction on who's going to win?
2: Yeah, I'll go out on a wild limb and say, uh, the Red Sox are going to (laughs) win. Oh, did you mean the World Series? No. Uh, I, was, I
0: just need i need somebody to tell
1: me that the Yankees are going to win so Peter. I don't cry myself to sleep tonight. I, I think, you know, let's just pray for some late inning bombs. They'll tie this thing up. You know, maybe send it into extras. They got this. They got this, man. That's, that's I'm what I need, with you guys. guys. That's I'm what here I need with you. Thank you. I'm here with you. All right. So we're going to get into the
0: reports from around the realm. Uh, so first, uh, the first letter that we got is from the realm of Chicago. We got a lot of men wounded on the battlefield in the game, but while leading his army to a probable fantasy victory for your team as the running back five on Sunday, David Montgomery won't be enough to sustain your fantasy season this year. He's going to be out with a knee four to five weeks reports. Adam Schefter, uh, the doctor says that it's not torn, no torn ACL, but are you guys willing to move off just in case of the tear, you know, try to find a guy who's more rebuilding try to get a little bit of value now, or are you trying to just wait out the storm on David Montgomery?
2: Um, It's tough. You know, you brought up David Montgomery, probably won some people, some weeks. I had David Montgomery, who looked great in the first half and got that alert that he was hurt. And, uh, really disappointing. But um, like you said, if I have David Montgomery and I'm a competitor, I'm trying to sell him for really anything I can get. I mean, he's already 24 and uh, I don't know. I don't like Matt Nagy. David Montgomery, I feel like was doing really well this year. He was great last year because he had that end of the season schedule, but he was starting to pick it up this year. They were starting to feed him the rock, get him involved in the passing game. Just really unfortunate. So if I'm a contender, I'm really looking to get, anything out of him that I can get. I just don't think he'll come back the same, to be honest.
1: Yeah. I, um, I think it all depends on if you have Damian Williams, hopefully, you know, you have him stashed in a bench, usually in dynasty rosters are a little deeper. So, you know, hopefully you have him locked up and have that backfield locked up, but you know, I think, yes, definitely. If you're not contending right now, I think you should go by from, you know, hopefully a contender who needs help right now to just continue along their season. Um, But yeah, you know, if David Montgomery comes back and he's not fully healthy from this thing, um, Damian Williams did have eight targets in three games. Um, He only played 16% of snaps in week three, but, you know, he is somewhat involved in the passing game. And, you know, you never know with uh, Matt Nagy. So this just in some weird world, this could develop into some kind of weird committee. So the waters are just kind of uneven and shaky right now. But um yeah, if you need to go in, you need to sell him right now to go get a title, then you got to do what you got to do.
0: Yeah, I don't feel like – just anything with a knee with a running back, I, I just try to turn the other way. David Montgomery is a great talent, and I don't think he his talent's going to be doubted next year. But for the rest of this year, you see what happens with guys like Saquon Barkley had a full year off, and it still took two years to get going after a knee injury. And, you know, granted, David Montgomery didn't tear his ACL. Who knows what that knee is going to look like, how confident he's going to be in, like, with the knee for next year Mm -hmm. and even this year. So I would just rather hold off on David Montgomery, try to sell him to a guy who's rebuilding for a proven talent. Like, for example, would you guys do, like, Latavius Murray plus, like, a third-round pick for David Montgomery right now or, like, a starting back on on a proven offense?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't go as low as Latavius Murray, I don't think. But
2: I'd, I'd rather have Dave Montgomery as well than Latavius Murray.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. But, I mean, like, towards the end of the season, you know, like if you get in, like, playoff matchups and stuff or closer to that trade deadline, if your league has one, I mean, that that's I could see that being pulled off if Montgomery's out, you know, right around that time. Um, but right now, I think, I don't know, I think as low as I would go is probably, like, you know, like, Maybe like Henderson, Daryl Henderson, who like someone who doesn't have as much going for him um, in twenty twenty two and beyond, um, but can definitely help you this year. So maybe you know someone like that, someone a little better than Latavius. I think.
2: Would you? I, I'm sorry, Peter. Would you I, do? Oh my gosh. No, after you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Max, <laughs> you really, you really want to say something? This I'm, is I'm, good. I'm, I you can't wait to it hear one it one more time. Well, I was just gonna say I think that uh, lowest I would go is Miles Gaskin.
1: Uh, see, I was he was in my head right now, but I didn't, you know, I didn't want a bunch of outrage coming from you too cuz man, well, things you know, are not looking good for him right now. They're
2: not looking good, but at least he's a healthy running back whereas like Dave Montgomery's out. And yeah. They're around the same age, but you know Peter, I was just dying to get that out, so
0: Go for it. I was you. wondering. I was wondering because I was going to I was going to pose to the Cleveland boy
2: himself. Would you do it for Kareem Hunt straight? I'd rather have Kareem Hunt than Dave. Oh Montgomery. yeah. Kareem Kareem it's I traded Peter actually uh, Antonio Gibson for like Nick Chubb and some other pieces were in there Um, but ever since I got Nick Chubb just Kareem Hunt has been outperforming him almost every game I mean I watched the Browns game and Kareem Hunt he's more of a runner that just runs like he doesn't care like a man with his head cut off and like Mm -hmm. he'll just run down the field straight Nick Chubb's more like I don't know if you want to say like patient Shifty, whatever. Nick Chubb's a great runner, and they're both tremendous talents, but Kareem's really been balling.
1: He has been.
0: All right. So there was another scroll received today from the uh, from the Monarchs over in Atlanta, the ATL. Mr. Max Zoller was just there. Uh, their top has been taken off of the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And it's been taken off by Mr. Cordell Patterson. <laughs> Despite losing the game to the football team, uh, if you had the guts to flex him this week, then you probably won your matchup. Uh, do you think that this is going to have any sort of longevity for the three tight, uh, the three touchdown running back slash wide receiver on the week? And for context, he was the RB one and wide receiver two and a half point PPR.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, this is not sustainable. Um, but when you look at it from a dynasty perspective, I'm pretty sure Cordell Patterson's 29, 30 years old. Yeah, 30. 30 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. I would sell high now. I mean, if I had Cordell Patterson contender, rebuilder, whatever I am, I mean, second round pick I'd take for him. For sure. Um, but I wouldn't take a third for him. I, I don't know. I think thirds are pretty worthless. But I think I'd take a second. I'd take a flyer on a guy like Will Fuller over Cordell Patterson. I just not sold on the talent really. And I, the situation helps him, but he's not going to do this every week.
1: Yeah. I feel the same way. You know, I think he's just kind of like one of those Latavius Murray uh, you know, like Tyson Williams, just one of those, just like one year backs. I don't think he's going to have any dynasty value whatsoever. I think he'll be somewhat useful. If you play in PPR, he has had um, 20 targets over the last three games, but he's only, he only played 30% of the snaps uh, this past week when he scored these three touchdowns. The week before that, 42. The week before that, 33. And uh, 33% week one. So, you know, he's not in the game even that much. So you can't expect this. Whatever you can go get, go get. Um, you're selling him in any context, just like Max said.
0: Yeah, I, I'm also with you guys. But I don't know. A three-touchdown game, that definitely says something to the head coach. And maybe Mm -hmm. he'll start playing him more. I think this is a little bit of a detriment to Mike Davis owners.
1: Yeah, that definitely.
0: That that bag is getting heavier and heavier and heavier. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I would do if I was a Mike Davis owner. Do you guys have any recommendations for any of our listeners that are holding Mike Davis in a dynasty league?
2: You know, I I played against Mike Davis and lost to Mike Davis this week in a dynasty format. And I I don't know why the guy's still holding on to Mike Davis. Like he's some, Coveted asset. Like, I tried to acquire him. He's like, Oh no, Mike Davis is starting running back. Like, Mike Davis is a 28 year old journeyman that, yeah, scored a lucky touchdown this week. But, like, I don't know. I guess I posed the question Would you guys rather have Cordell Patterson or Mike Davis in the dynasty format? Hmm.
0: Just give me Cordell because I could play a wide receiver if I have to.
1: Yeah, that helps. I, I am looking at the snap percentages though. Um, Mike Davis, I think this is what I'm looking at right now is PPR. You know, he's been in double digits in PPR each week. 75% of the snaps, week one, 64, week two, 60, week three, and 67, week four. You know, maybe moving forward, Cordero takes a, a larger share of those snaps because, like you said, Peter, like that three touchdown proves something, and they found something that works. Obviously, so um, I don't know. I probably just stick with Mike Davis just because he's been getting a fair share of targets. Um, 13 through the first two weeks, six through the last two. Yeah. I think I just have to stick with the volume of Mike Davis, even though it's super inefficient, but I don't know. It's a toss up.
0: All right. Moving to the last letter that we received after week four, we have news from the city of brotherly love uh, from trusted source from trusted source, Jay Glazer, who reports on like four things all year. That's ever like, and it's always true. The Philadelphia Eagles are no longer pursuing Deshaun Watson, and the team and both, uh, both the team and GM Howie Roseman would rather surround Jalen Hurts with the first round talent that they have in the next upcoming drafts than waste it on a future quarterback. So, this is going to limit Deshaun Watson's new locations to either Miami or Denver, really. Are you still trying to take a flyer on the Clemson Star, Deshaun Watson?
2: Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at Denver right now and what Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater is doing. I mean, Noah Fantz looked tremendous. I think he's tight on seven in PPR formats right now. Um, Cortland Sutton has his games. I mean, Jerry Judy, when he was healthy, Jace will pledge for Jerry Judy more than anyone. I mean, that dude. was oh, yeah. In. Uh, I think Denver has the the weapons for sure. And you said Miami, Peter.
0: Yeah. Miami seems like really the only place that real watch him like actively is seeking him at this moment.
2: Yeah. I mean, Miami again, also has the weapons of Waddle. I think Will Fuller and him, they have some chemistry, um, like a So I think both teams have the assets and if Miami's serious about contending, I don't think they can do it this year. Um, but I think they should go out and get him. And I'm, I'm glad Philadelphia is finally waking up and realizing what hurts is and Surrounding him with talent instead of going out and trading hurts and picks to get Deshaun Watson.
1: I, I totally agree. I have nothing much to add. You know, Deshaun Watson's going to be dirt cheap um, throughout this entire year compared to what he's going to produce. He's so far removed um, from what he's been able to do on the field. So, yes, throughout flyers, go grab them, especially if you're contending later, because you could get, you know, a top five quarterback at the price of, you know, QB 15.
2: So give it a shot. So just for our listeners, real quick, Peter, before you jump in here, er, what would you guys pay for Deshaun Watson in a one-quarterback league, and what would you pay for Deshaun Watson in a super-flex dynasty league? Like, both these are dynasty format, obviously. A second? A second in the one-quarterback league? In the one, in a first, in a two, but,
0: like, a late first. I, 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 he just reeks right now of never playing again, because it's just one more team that's out. I know the Jets were in the, the sweepstakes. They said absolutely not. The, the uh, Broncos were in the sweepstakes. They lo- looked like they lost interest. The Dolphins are the only ones that are kind of keeping their way, and then the Eagles are out now. I don't know who else would even want him, like the Steelers, but they're not, they don't have the capital to go get him. The football team doesn't have the capital to go get him. It, it's, it's just looking worse and worse.
1: Yeah, I think in a in a super flex league I'd definitely be willing to spend a first just because, you know, that first round pick if you're drafting a quarterback with it, it's a coin flip if it's going to work out or not. So, I'll take the risk on Deshaun Watson because we know what he can do. In a one quarterback league, I would try to avoid giving up the first given the uncertainty of, you know, of his future career. But I would I would more prefer to give up Two seconds, multiple seconds, and you know maybe a player, but yeah, I would I would hold off on the first round pick in a one all quarterback right. league.
2: So let me just ask you guys: the waters can do a super flex there because obviously quarterbacks are more valuable. I know we don't talk on super flex very often, mm-hmm. um, but would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Zach Wilson?
0: Wilson you're talking to the Jets home or Jets bias? Completely a part of this, not a side at all. Gimme Wilson.
1: Man, either way you fix it. I wouldn't want what either of these guys if I'm competing. But if I'm contending later, I f- think I'd take the flyer on Deshaun, to be honest.
2: Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson? I'll take Kirk Cousins.
1: Gimme
0: Captain Kirk, but I'm begrudging Captain wow. Kirk. Wow.
2: So you guys really just don't think this guy's going to play? Or like, do we, like, I, how are we going to take Kirk Cousins over Deshaun Watson?
0: I just, it's just too much. I'd yeah. rather have the guaranteed, you know, what is he, like quarterback six on the year? And I know Watson's mm-hmm. got that upside, but you just never know. He's taken so much time off. Just, mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah. The, I, the
0: talent's there.
1: Yeah. I'm. I'm just pulling the safety valve on that one, you know, just way too much uncertainty. You know, I just, if he didn't play, like that would just crush your fantasy roster if you paid enough for
2: it. So. Uh, I guess last one before we move on here. Um, Would you either have Mac Jones or Deshaun Watson? Watson. Yeah,
1: Watson for sure. The the easiest.
0: Mac Jones is a dump off baby, as we Mm -hmm. saw.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think eventually he'll sustain pretty good weapons, especially, you know, like PPR options, but I don't see him throwing a ton of touchdowns. Bill likes to, you know, when they get it down there, Bill likes to run it in there, so... He looked pretty good on
2: Sunday. I don't know. He outperformed Tom Brady, which we did not talk about. He did,
1: but I could throw on Tampa. They're so beat up in their secondary. So, you know, I could, I could check the ball down three yards. Yeah. Yeah, Right. To Brandon Bolden. Yeah. Literally. No, Tom didn't
0: look great. You know, we're not going to touch on it like crazy really quick, but Tom didn't look great.
2: Maybe the moment was finally too big for him.
1: (laughs) Hey, you got the dub, though.
2: He got the dub Belichick. I mean, I think Belichick even said it like Belichick's practiced against him. I guess you'd call it for however, like 20 years, like he knows how to beat Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, they, they didn't win. It came down to a doink field goal, but the rain, everything, the emotions. I mean, yeah. Tom, Tom got the win, but Belichick showed that he knows how to stop Tom Brady.
0: Hey, look, man, that's why Tom's the goat. Cause he's always had the best teammates.
1: Surrounds himself. Hey, smart man. Likes his boy Antonio Brown, that's for sure.
2: No, Mike Make Evans it. has been looking really good.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just saying he's taking that guy to from two teams now. But, yeah, he Mike Mike Evans has been looking pretty solid lately. All right. So that was our reports from around the realm section. Moving
0: forward, uh, before we get into Boom Bust, I did want to mention, give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we're available. Beyond that, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy for the latest news, notes, tips, tricks, you know, whatever you think that we do on the show here. We're able to provide that for you on uh, we're able to provide that for you on Twitter as well. So moving on to the boom bust candidates, we're going to start off with Jace because this was
1: the most interesting boom of the week to me. Yeah, mine is uh, CJ Uzama from uh Bengals, my man had himself a day let me pull him up really quick so cj uzama uh had an 83 percent snap share racked up six targets caught five balls 95 yards and two tuds so the dude had himself an absolute day and you know i think right now the main thing i want to say about this is we need to recognize that t higgins is out right now Um, you saw tyler boyd catch a ton of passes in this game you saw Jamar Chase's um, his targets rise a little bit, but I think once T Higgins gets back into this offense, I do think he is gonna um, get, you know, basically the lion's share of targets um, when he's fully healthy. So I expect Boyd's targets to go down. I expect um, Jamar Chase's to go back down to that four to six range. And Uzama, I think this was just his week. You know, you should go out and sell and get anything you possibly can because I think when those three wide receivers are on the field, I think those are going to be the three main pass catchers in this
2: offense. I'd actually take a third for him, honestly, if I had him. I'd
1: take a third as well. For most of these, like – touchdown or bust tight ends i'll take a third four i know i've been trying to pawn off jared cook to uh to no. peter for like two months now for a third Jane round. Jane cook jace Chase, Chase is pulling my heartstrings
0: of it this is actually the first year a little small peter fact first year in like five or six where i haven't had jared cook rostered in like over 60 percent of my league i haven't rostered in zero percent of my leagues this year and it, it makes me very sad he's, he's my favorite fantasy tight end ever He's obviously
2: not your favorite if you don't know the roster.
0: (laughs) Okay, Mr. Odell Beckham over there, Max. Max I used to check Odell Beckham in the first round every year. Don't even come and talk to me about that. That's
1: love. You never took Jared Cook in the first round.
0: (laughs) No, I never did because I'm not an idiot.
1: I remember Uh... when Max and I first started playing fantasy together in high school, I learned about his Odell love, and I used to build my draft strategy around when is Max gonna get Odell and like where my draft position was and if I could get him and then like try to trade him after and literally like ninety percent of my strategy was trying to get Odell from Max <laughs> and then you could just trade mm-hmm.
2: trade with
0: him and, and just rail him in the trade mm-hmm. well, for sure.
2: Last year in our dynasty startup draft, Jace took Odell in the second round. I did, and I remember I was like so high on Odell last year, new offense, whatever, and I offered Jace. He had Josh Jacobs and Odell Beckham. Yep. And I came to Jason and I love both those picks, especially last year.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: I said, I'll give you Joe Mixon and Devontae Adams. And he's like, nah, like I'm going to rock with my guys. <sighs> yeah. And you know, oh, that hurt. I'm glad he didn't do it <laughs> because Devontae's worth both of those guys and some. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how much a year can change and Odell will always have a special place in my heart.
1: Mm-hmm. I will forever remember that trade offer and hitting the decline button, thinking I was the smart guy. <laughs> Don't go
0: Kyle Shanahan.
1: You're never the smartest <laughs> guy in the room. There's <laughs> always right. one guy smarter than you.
0: That's right. All right. So moving forward, we got Max's boom of the week.
2: Yeah. My boom of the week's kind of different, I guess you could say, but it's Trey Lance. He got in on different circumstances. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo hurt his calf and Trey Lance got to start really just the second half and he put up 20 fantasy points in one half. I mean, I get that seven of those fantasy points came from a Debo 75-yard touchdown. Um, So a third of his fantasy points from one touchdown, but when you look at Trey Lance and the upside that he brings every single week, like especially in a dynasty format, like I cannot wait to see what he can do if he can actually start in this offense. Like I get he might not be completing like 30 passes a game or anything like that, but his rushing upside is like he's probably the best rushing quarterback we've seen since like – I honestly, I, I don't even know. He might be better than Kyler Murray.
0: Well, Max, there is – I'm not I'm going to allude to it, but my boom of the week is the best rushing quarterback that we've seen in a long time.
2: So. All right, well, we can let your Russian quarterback get his thing going, but I don't know. I just think the rushing upside from the quarterback position one is huge. And in that offense that they love to run the ball, I, I think with those weapons of Kittle, Debo, maybe Iuke will show up for once. Whoever they plug in at running back, I think it's going to be a very, very deadly offense once they put Trey Lance at the helm.
0: All right. So. I completely agree with you on the Trey Lance thing. I would try to go buy him now, if especially if I'm in a, uh, a super flex league, because that rushing upside is is literally so massive when it comes to a super flex league. Uh, but he's not going to be easy to get, especially when everybody who was bag holding them and you know holding and waiting for Jimmy to to leave, they got vindicated this week. They got vindicated big time this week. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's going to be hard to go grab him, but I would go and try. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like you got to go get him now because the price is just going to go up and up and up. I mean, the dude was like the quarterback 12 playing a half of football. So like Max said, you do got to give Shanahan some credit. I do think he'll scheme him up real nice. Give him some easy throws. He's got a lot of guys like Debo and Kittle that can make a lot of plays after the catch. So yeah, better go get him now. Yeah.
2: And one more thing before we move on to Peter's rushing quarterback of the year, um, his playoff schedule. I mean, his second half of the year schedule is very nice. I mean, his playoff schedule is Atlanta, Tennessee, and Houston. So if if, if you're a contender in any dynasty format, I would recommend going out and buying Trey Lance right now. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and especially Shanahan, was he there for the, uh, He wasn't there for the Kaepernick Super Bowl, right?
2: I think he was in Atlanta at that point or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Who
0: who was the head coach then? Do you remember?
2: It's a great question.
0: I can't remember, but... I literally have no idea. Something that a lot of people, you know, we we always look on the past with rose-colored glasses, but with this particular player, we just see a lot of the political statements that he's done with Colin Kaepernick uh, with the league, and we forget how elite he really was at quarterback those couple years, and I really see flashes of Kaepernick and Trey Lance when mm. Kaepernick was on his A game and leading those 49ers teams to the Super Bowl. He really looked good out there this past
2: week. Jim Harbaugh That's, was the coach, by the way. It was Harbaugh.
1: Mm.
0: Moving on, I'm going to describe this player and you're going to tell me who it is. So, my boom of the week is a six foot three, 225 pound quarterback that runs a four. 540-yard dash, and he's 24 years old.
1: Um, Taylor Heineke. It's Sam Darnold. <laughs> the boom of the week. This one
0: is bittersweet for me as the Jet fan. Sam was nothing but great with the fans. He was nothing but great with the media, great with the team. And I, I, we were happy to see him go, but you know what? We're not super happy to see him succeed this much. He is the rushing leader. This is why I called him the the best rushing quarterback we've seen he's the rushing leader amongst the nfl for touchdowns out of more, every position out of every position the rushing leader for touchdowns oh most rushing God. scores
2: <laughs> in the nfl so like more than zeke more than like derrick henry all them
0: more than zeke more than derrick henry more than christian mccaffrey wow. more than anybody's favorite running back uh he's got more of them he's in sole possession of first place as well Uh, I think he had two this week two the week before and then one in like week one or two, Sam Darnold man in, he's put up 19, 18, 25, 31. He's the quarterback five on the year so far. That probably means he's the fifth overall player in any situation. And he's 24 years old. And these past two weeks have been basically without Christian McCaffrey. And he's putting Mm -hmm. up those numbers. That is literally insane. And obviously Dallas's defense is always suspect when you talk about them. Uh, so it could have been just a fluke boom game stacked up against a Houston Texan game. But I really believe in Sam Darnold. I think he was 26 for thirty of 39 for 300 yards, two passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns this past week. If we can get a fraction of that, like if we can get – two thirds of that every week. He's a 100% startable top 12 quarterback.
2: I mean, if you can get two thirds of that. Yeah. I mean, I'd take 20 points, 23 points for my quarterback, whatever he's going to put up. I mean, I don't think this is sustainable. I don't think that if you could have bet at the beginning of the season, who will be the rushing touchdown leader after four games. I mean, Sam Darnold probably would have been plus almost a million, I would assume. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's not sustainable, but there is one thing that is sustainable, and that is his, his love for DJ Moore. And I'll pass the mic to Jace here for his love for DJ Moore. Yeah,
1: DJ Moore and uh, Sam Darnold got it going on. I know the the obsession over the offseason was uh, Darnold to Arnold when Arnold was in Carolina, but now he is gone and on a different team. But DJ Moore, man, um, he is the wide receiver one there. I think he's around the 30% target share right now and finally he's getting himself into the end zone so um i think we've seen the final breakout of dj moore and you know this is a sam Darnold um session here so i think that directly speaks to um sam Darnold's upside he's got himself a locked in wide receiver one hopefully soon he'll have a a fully healthy healthy christian mccaffrey robbie anderson you know he can do his thing going deep for the most part but he's also a weapon and uh the young terrace marshall coming into his own so The weapons are all there for him. The rushing upside's there for him right now. So I think he's locked in, just like you said, more around that top 12 to 15 range for me because I don't think he's going to keep this this rushing touchdown and the rushing yards up. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to keep that going for an entire season. But for now, he's as solid as it gets. Yeah. uh, Before we
0: move on to, it's going to be my bust uh, because we do the snake draft style. I did want to mention. I forget who the guy's username is on Twitter, but I did not come up with this name. They're starting to call Sam down there Cam Darnold. Cam Darnold. Cam I Darnold. It. I love it. They should love it. like superimpose him doing like the the, mm-hmm. this, the flex or whatever Cam used to do for his celebration. Yeah, I love it. They haven't seen a rusher like that since Cam, and you know what? It's more interesting when the Panthers are good in the league and they got like that prolific offense, really starting to click down there.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. All right. So we're going to move into my bust of the week. And this player probably could have busted for two games in a row. If you really want to think about it like that, especially because of his draft capital, we have CD lamb. I have no idea what is going on there. He got over the last two weeks, three targets and five targets for three receptions, and two receptions, respect- respectively. I don't believe he had an end zone target anywhere. Zero touchdowns. He had last week 6.5 yards per catch. The week before was 22. He just isn't putting up the fantasy numbers that we need and that any analyst projected coming into the year. And you think about that game against Carolina. Yeah, it was a blowout. You know, They made it closer than it actually looked on the stat sheet. But they were throwing the ball a lot. Wilson, Wilson's getting the touchdowns, and Dalton Schultz are getting, you know, whoever the tight end flavor of the week is down there, and (laughs) and Dallas is getting the touchdowns. There is no room for touchdowns for C.D. Lamb in this offense when Zeke is eating, when Pollard's eating, when you know Wilson's eating, and then Mm -hmm. beyond that, the tight end rooms going like crazy, and Amari's going to go get his. So I have no idea what to do with C.D. Lamb besides wait one or two more weeks. And if it cons- it's consistent through the bye week, I'd be starting to hit the panic button a little bit.
2: Oh, I, I can't wait for you to hit the panic button, Peter. I mean, we can talk trade after this episode. I know you have him in the dynasty. I mean, Peter, like, where do you rank him right now as a dynasty wide receiver? He's still top 10 because, because of
0: the week one and week two, right? But we so haven't seen him put over 20 in the entire year. Week one, he gets seven receptions on 15 targets, right? Week two, eight receptions on nine targets, right? Good, good. And then they just, out of nowhere, stop throwing him the ball. When Amari's hurt, it makes no sense.
2: Would you do two first for him? Probably not. Two first in a player, though? Probably. Depends on the player.
0: It I would have to be, them. like, a top 36 player at their position.
2: Oh, at any, I mean, I'll give you a top 36 tight end. <laughs> give hey you Hunter man. Henry. Hey, now we'll make it a three way trade. I'll throw in Jared Cook.
1: Yeah, Hunter Henry. <laughs> now, now you're talking my language. Jace,
2: I will throw in a second for Jared <laughs> Cook for you to get fair on.
1: enough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm down,
2: Jace. Go on about CD Lamb.
1: Oh, yeah. So basically, I think what we're seeing here is just a really solid offense that really likes to spread the ball around and that's when they're most effective um they've been giving zeke the work they gave him 20 carries this previous week 17 the week before and 16 before that they're getting pollard involved as well i i think that's just the way this offense is running i think you know i do think cd is going to get back to what he does and from a dynasty standpoint i think he's still the player that we were projecting him to be and we drafted him to be um, I think though, it's just going to be one of those things kind of like in Tampa where it's, you know, pick your poison, which guy is it going to be that goes off this week? I think Amari's going to have his, Zeke's going to have his, the tight ends of course are going to get theirs, uh, from what we've seen this season. So, um, I, I you just got to hold right now. I wouldn't be selling whatsoever. If anything, I'd be go trying to buy right now.
2: I'm definitely, I'm definitely intrigued by the CD lamb. Market. I mean, we talk about the stock market. We talk about the player market, how much can change in a year, but I I would really be trying to buy the dip. I I know Peter's not going to sell the dip now because we're talking about it, but I think that if you can offer even just a little bit under in the long run, it will be worth it. Um, It's CD lamb, but I am a little worried this year with all those weapons with Michael Gallup coming back with Dak loving the tight end. Tony Pollard looking great. I mean, there's a lot to worry about, but in the long run, I'm not worried. Something that did
0: bother me this weekend is I saw a commercial and it had C.D. Lamb in it, and that's when that's when it starts to rub me the wrong way. That's the Baker Mayfield territory. And Dak then, does know, commercials. Guys, Brady but, does commercials. But Dak was an elite quarterback before he got the commercials. And C.D. is kind of in that Baker territory where he never really did anything great, and now he's getting the commercials – I don't Fair like enough.
2: it. Fair hey, trust enough. Trust me, actually. Baker Baker played like straight dog poo-poo after this week. I mean, he couldn't hit – Jace and you could throw the ball better than him. I mean, it was terrible <laughs> don't how bad don't. he was missing his targets, man.
1: Have Have you ever seen the, the cycle and it's like Baker plays really bad, gets criticized by the media, plays really good, hyped up by the media, plays really bad, and it's like this never-ending cycle with him. So right now – we're at criticized by the media, and I think next week you're going to see a rebound. It's just a it's an endless cycle that I'm also a Browns fan. I don't know if many on the podcast know that, but I have been stuck in that cycle for uh, ever since Baker joined the league. So uh, write it we're out. Gonna, we're going to tell Big Al from Portland that the Browns are holding an open
0: tryout, and the line will be better <laughs> than the Walsh Jesuit Warriors. Just uh, just a little FYI, Big Al. Maybe you and Zach can live out your dream and go play yeah. for the Browns.
2: There you go. <laughs> Their dad would like that one. But I think if Baker could play and he could this cycle can continue next week versus the Chargers. I mean, I know we were all expecting this giant Monday night shootout between the Raiders and the Chargers, which we did not get. But I think the Browns and the Chargers could actually deliver that in Englewood. I mean, it could be a really, really good game there. So I'm just gonna sneak peek a lock of the week, maybe there. So
0: all right. All right, Max. Let's get going with your bust.
2: My bust of the week is Travis Kelsey. Um, this might be one of what? The, oh yeah, this what? Might be one of the worst weeks I've seen from him. When your quarterback throws five touchdowns, it's the same thing with C.D. Lamb. I mean, Dak threw four. Mahomes threw five touchdowns, and Travis Kelsey didn't even catch a touchdown. Yet alone, I don't even know sixty yards. I think he had. Travis Kelsey had four catches for 23 yards versus the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, as a contender, obviously go out and try to buy this dip. I mean, we talk about dips all the time. That's all we talk about is buying the dip. But as like, if you have Travis Kelsey and you're not in the top three position, like then just go out and sell him now because I get he's great, but his value is never going to be higher than it is after next week. So don't sell him now, sell him after next week. But I am a little worried about him moving forward in that offense. I mean, I feel like it's either Kelsey has a great game or Tyree Kill has a good game or Clyde Average-Lair has a good game. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're in last place of the division. I mean, I'm not panicking on the Chiefs in general, but Travis Kelsey with his age and what we've seen him do every year being a top, top end, tight end, number one for five straight years, I just don't think it will continue. So you might as well go get your value now.
1: That makes sense to me. Um, You know, if you're contending later, definitely go get that King's ransom, go sell them to a contender. They'll pay the ultimate price. But I just want to touch on, I I totally agree with what you're saying last week. I think Tyreek was my bust of the week. And one of the things that I said is, you know, while that was happening, when Tyreek busted for two weeks straight, defenses were just straight up doubling, tripling him the entire game. And their whole game plan was to shut down Tyreek Hill. Um, and I remember saying in the pod, like that won't last forever because Kelsey's going to eat up defenses, and they're finally going to have to shift their focus to him. And I think that's just what's happened. I think, um, I think the Eagles just made a very strong effort to just shut down Mr. Kelsey because he's been chewing up d- defenses all season. So I think it was Tyreek's week. I think they can both coexist like they have, but I think there will be games like this where the defenses are just going to have to pick their poison. Yeah,
2: Nick, he still Nick's, is the number 1 tight end so
1: he will he will be the number 1 tight end barring injury after the end of the season as well. Yeah, wow. Nick Nick
0: Sirianni off of the back of the Cowboy loss tried to look like a genius out there. I, I can see him in <laughs> practice. We're going to stop that Kelsey guy. We're going to be the only team that's ever stopped him and then Jason, they completely Jason, forget about Tyreek Your Kelly. brother. Your brother is yeah. getting
2: shut down this week.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is there's a civil, sibling rivalry. Good old sibling rivalry. We got to mm-hmm. figure him out. All right, eye. Go to Go Knights.
1: And then yeah. they're like, who's that number 10 running all over us? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a little midget.
0: How is,
2: how is he good? He's a little midget out there. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. That Tyreek Hill guy. They call him like Cheetah or something.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. And Clyde, we'll let Clyde rush <laughs> for over 100 yards. Like, everyone <laughs> but Kelsey. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, that's what happened. We'll start hey, off look. what?
0: One and three. The mm-hmm. game plan. They had the game plan right. Stop Kelsey, <laughs> and usually the Chiefs lose. But they forgot about everybody else in the process. Yep. yep.
1: All right, moving to Jace's bust of the week. Oh, mine is Miles Gaskin. This is a dude I just traded for in a dynasty league uh, last week or two weeks ago. And right now it stinks, man. Uh, Miles Gaskin is really struggling right now to even see the field. Um, let me pull him up really quick. So, Miles Gaskin this previous week logged 23% of the snaps, his lowest this season. He was sitting around the, you know, 55 range uh, the previous three weeks, but got you 0.3 points um, in any format, didn't get a single target or reception. And, you know, that's what what he was, uh, I think he was undrafted, but um, that's what he was signed to do is catch passes and make plays. So, you know, I thought, especially with um, Tua going down, maybe Jacoby needing to get the ball out quick somewhere short where he can make it happen. I thought Gaskin was going to be that guy. I'm still holding out some hope that he's going to be that guy. Um, I think he's he's about as cheap as it gets for um, a quote-unquote starting running back. Um, so I think you should go out and get him. I think he'll eventually get his snaps up. I think they'll eventually throw him the ball. They're going to have to change up something in that offense. So um, just a little preview to the bets later. I'm, we're not going to get into player props, but I will be – um, buying the Miles uh, Gaskin over on receptions this week, it'll probably be around like two and a half or three. I'm taking the over. I think he'll rebound, um, but I, I I don't feel very confident in buying low on him. You could get burned, so make sure you're buying low.
0: Yeah, uh, I always don't know how to feel about the Gash man. He just he's one of those fantasy football enigmas. He's like the kind of guy that you would trade for, and he plays like poop, and then you trade him away, and then that very weak that you trade him away. He goes off for like 25 and scores two touchdowns and looks great. I just never know what to do with him. And I just always try to avoid him at all costs. I'd rather pay up for a more proven back than try to take a flyer on him at this point. Uh, The only thing that he really has going for him is that he is young. He's 24, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if he's turning 25 or if he just turned 24, but he's still a little bit younger. Maybe he can evolve with that offense throughout the course of the year and it is paramount, and I don't think I'd be saying this at the uh, – I didn't think at the start of the year that I'd be saying this, but it's paramount that they get
2: Tua back because that offense is doo-doo without him. Yeah, Jacoby yeah. cannot lead that offense. But, you know, who's been playing very, very well, and that is Mike Gusecki. So
1: That's right. King check down. Yeah, one, right. one quick thing I wanted to add. Um, this had to do with the trade I made. Um, this is a league where, you know, I'm somewhat competing right now. Things have kind of fallen my way. But – I've always kind of had the focus on 2022 and beyond kind of keeping some younger guys hold off until Max's roster gets old and decrepit, but I traded for Gaskin um, and it was a trade involving Daryl Henderson. And my thought process was, you know, Daryl Henderson's kind of a yearly rental. You got cam Akers coming back. I know it's somewhat uncertain because of the Achilles, but Miles Gaskin is the only running back on contract entering 2022. Um, we saw him become a workhorse in uh, last season you know, getting up to 20 rushing attempts in some games while catching four or five passes. So, you know, I think he's just, especially if you're contending later, I think that's the best scenario to go by him.
2: Yeah, I like what you said there. And, like, I feel like Miami has always produced very good running backs and then they go somewhere else, such as Kenyon Trait going to Arizona or Jay Ajayi, I remember him in Miami. I mean, oh yeah, I, I feel like Miami just, is like, produces good running backs And I mean, with Tua, with the weapons, you never know. I mean, if they get to Sean Watson, I feel like everyone's going to be like, oh, Miles Gaskin to the moon. So I I would be trying to buy him, honestly, low. I think the game script was not in its favor this week, and Indy's defense is very tough. So I wouldn't worry too much, and I wouldn't panic. So,
0: It's just something about that, like, seafoam green-blue color that just makes me cringe. I, I just can't see anybody putting up like a fantasy relevant season wearing that like bright orange, I know, and, like that jet green. green. It's oh, oh. that one too, that yeah, with like, that quarterback that just throws the ball to the other team. Like I'm a realistic Jets fan. We stink, I, and Zach Wilson. <laughs> I hope he pans out, but it's all hope. It's no, it's no fact. It's it's like uh, it's like just believing in something that has no sign of it ever paying off. I I just do it because I'm programmed to do it. Uh, Sorry for the philosophical (laughs) life talk there for a moment, but we're going to get into, (laughs) we're going to get into our last section of the episode for the day. This is our take it to the bank, mortal locks of the week. So each monarch is going to have a chance to talk about one team covering the spread and then one team, uh, well one game over under for the week uh, and we'll kick it off in the same order that we did the boom bust so we'll have Jace up
1: first yeah so the first one I got I'm talking about covering the spread I have the Cardinals covering uh, minus five and a half it the odds are at minus 110 on FanDuel um, they're at home against the 49ers you know I think Whichever quarterback's in there, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with Arizona. Um, Arizona's got a solid pass rush, relatively solid defense. Um, they get in trouble because, you know, their offense is so fast and they score a lot of points. But um, I, I don't think San Francisco is going to be able to keep it up. I think if, if it's Trey Lance, he's going to have to throw to catch up. And, you know, it's yet to be seen if he can really lock down a full game of supporting weapons and scoring points. Um, and I, and Jimmy G he's banged up. I don't have any faith in him keeping up with Kyler. So it's all on the, it's all on the laurels of the defense. And I, I think the, the Cardinals are as potent as it gets right now. So I think they're just going to smash this one. Um, I'm definitely putting some money on them covering.
2: Uh, this is actually a lock for me here. I, you guys don't even know what I'm about to say. Cause I didn't write yeah, it down, we don't. but I really like, Actually, looking at this, I really think it's a lock, and I think that's Green Bay minus three versus the Bengals on the road. Um, The Bengals, they won by three to Minnesota. They won by 14 to a pretty trash Pittsburgh team, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. And then they won by three versus Jacksonville, who played a good game. And then they lost to the Bears. So they're three and one. Aaron Rodgers has looked incredible, and he's only getting better right now. So three points on your three-point favorite, I think they – destroy them
1: it's at paul brown
2: yeah that's
0: the only reason
1: no mixing yeah man no mixing
2: like it is gonna be yeah they're they're gonna wipe the floor with them Quick, quick
0: sprinkle sprinkle of knowledge uh if you have an open roster spot because of a you know guys hurt or you know you just drop somebody and there's a prime time game and the cuff is on the wave not the waivers like he's just completely addable so before the week go and add that back that's what i did on thursday night uh in one of the leagues i picked up some Piron i was like listen Oof. mix mixon's made of glass Piron's just sitting on the waivers boom and obviously it's not going to work every single time but just a little sprinkle of advice if you have that open roster spot why not take a flyer on a cuff just in case For sure free scratch off yeah literally uh For mine, I have the line of the Chargers, and they are one-point underdogs to the Browns. Uh, They were one-point underdogs to the Browns this morning. It looks like the line has shifted to a one-point favorite against the Browns on Sunday. I saw the way that the Chargers' defense played this week. They looked really good against the run. Josh Jacobs, while he had a couple explosive runs for like five or six-plus, They really kept him under under wraps for the majority of the game. Obviously, Cleveland's O-line is a lot better, but I see Asante Samuel Jr. playing out of his mind in his rookie season, and I see this defense clicking on all cylinders with Derwin James finally feeling completely healthy. Baker Mayfield struggles a little bit, and beyond that, the Chargers are home, and that offense is looking really good. Revenge game, bounce-back game for Mike Will. Not revenge game, bounce-back game for Mike Will. I love minus – they were plus one this morning and obviously the lines are going to shift, but they are minus one and a half favorites right now. And I will smash that as well. Hmm.
1: That's where I I like that. I I like, see, I like that one too. I I'm with you. I don't, I, I think Baker needs Jarvis to win games, to be honest. Like I know Odell's there and he looks pretty good, but I think Jarvis is his boy. Someone he can depend on when, you know, he's got to make a throw. Jarvis is always there. So without Jarvis, uh, that defense of the Chargers looks so good against a red hot Raiders team. So Baker's going to have to play with his hair on fire for them to, to pull a victory in that one. I think.
0: Absolutely.
2: Any Should be a fun game. Any I mean, comment? if we're just doing the Baker cycle, like Baker yeah. plays bad, Baker gets criticized. I mean, Baker's going to play well. I mean, Baker likes to play in LA. Fair I, I enough. think, I think he balls. I do. Uh, It is the late
0: window. I don't know how Baker does out West, but we'll see. Well, and you know what? Time will tell. That's that's the lovely thing about it. That's right. Time is awesome. All right. (laughs) Moving forward, we're going to get the over-unders, and I'm usually a proponent of overs because overs do hit more statistically just because there's more points possible to score. But I am going with an under this week. Uh, I absolutely love this under the Rams at the Seahawks under 54 and a half. The implied point total is Rams 28 Seahawks 26. I see this as an absolute shellacking by the Rams on the Seahawks. The Rams defense is great and they're going to play angry against the Seahawks after getting demoralized by the Cardinals this past week. That was at SoFi Stadium as well in front of their hometown fans. That defense is going to start stepping it up. Russ's offensive line is no match for Aaron Donald. I do not see the Seahawks scoring anywhere close to 26. I see them scoring in the teens. I really don't see them scoring over 20 points at all. Uh, And then beyond that, the Rams could go for a little bit more, you know, maybe into the 30s because the Seahawks secondary is suspect. But – I do think the Rams kind of hold within that 28 margin and the Seahawks fall a little bit lower.
2: I do like that one, Peter. I think everyone has always had these high expectations of the Thursday night games where they haven't really lived up to, whereas like the Sunday night games have usually been pretty good and the Monday night games, but I feel like the Thursday night games have kind of let us down. I don't know. We've had the, what was it? The Bengals and the Jaguars. And then we had the Panthers and the Texans. I don't know. The first Thursday night game was great, but. I, I like the under there as well, Peter.
0: Really, really quick. Another thing: short week of prep, short week of prep for the yeah. defenses getting True. used to getting used to those looks. I I just don't see Seattle putting up anything statistically relevant that would make you really go inc- go insane. And I'll eat my words next week if they're wrong.
2: Yeah, so I guess that would make me up in the snake here, and this should be no surprise. I like the over in the Browns Chargers game, forty-six and a half. Um, I I like genuinely believe in my heart that the Browns can score 48 points on the chargers. I I really do. If we're, if we're going on this Baker train and all this stuff, Max,
0: Max, they put up 14 last week against the terrible Vikings defense.
2: Minnesota's not a terrible defense. Um, I think the Browns offense plays angry that they know they're better than what they are. I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can run. I I just know, I don't know. In my mind, I see it like the Tennessee game last year. Everyone's like, Oh, it's going to be a great game. Both teams are like seven and two and the Browns come out and score like 35 points in the first half, like in Tennessee. I don't know. I think 46 and a half between two high scoring offenses is a pretty block of this entry.
1: Interesting.
2: Maybe I, the Browns won't score 48, but I think 46 <laughs> and a half between the two mm-hmm. is pretty good.
1: Yeah. I worry a little bit about both teams having good defenses and kind of pulling the chargers on us. I mean, uh, a Raiders on us you know I think in the offseason I compared Josh Jacobs um, to Nick Chubb saying that Jacobs is a poor man's Nick Chubb and Kenyon Drake is a poor man's Kareem Hunt I kind of still view that offense in the same light so um, I don't know they both got good defenses the Browns got the pass, ru- or the pass rush we saw how uncomfortable that made Herbert for a while so um, that's a tough one Max but I'll ride with you I'll ride the the Baker cycle Uh, yeah The over under in that
0: game, I kind of like, I like the over a little bit more, but it's, you know, these Vegas odds setters are are so incredible at their job. They make it perfect to make you feel uncomfortable about betting either side. Mm -hmm. So I could see this game could end like 14 and 10, or it could end like 35 to 28. Mm -hmm. It's really just a coin toss at this point, which way it ends. I like I like the narrative. My favorite part about gambling is is betting on the narrative more than the actual t- statistics. Like the short week or you know XYZ. I, I do like the narrative with Baker though for uh, Max's
1: bet here. Well, then I will jump into mine. Um so for mine, this one I was staring at all day and I I don't know how to feel about it, but I'm going to I'm going to go for it. I'm going to take the odds on it. This is the Steelers and Broncos game, um, the over and under is set at 39 and a half on FanDuel. Um, The odds for betting the under are um, negative uh, 105, and I'm going to ride with that. I'm going to take the the under in this game. Um, Big Ben and the Steelers look absolutely putrid. The Denver defense is relatively solid, um, but at the same time, they might be rolling Drew Locke out there. Um, And if that's the case, I think the Steelers have a solid enough defense to shut him down as well. Um, you know, they've been able to shut down plenty of good quarterbacks, um, through recent history. So, um, I'm not worried about drew Locke. So I don't know this, this game, it's kind of a risky pick 39 and a half points is not a lot, but I think I could see this being a 14 to seven game and just being, um, an absolute turn off the TV and walk away, just gross garbage game.
2: I agree. And big Ben, there was a report today that he's hurt today with his hip. Um, the Steelers receivers, like you said, they're all banged up and everything. So I I really do like the under two and drew lock, Teddy Bridgewater, like whatever that situation is, it's, it's, it is a, just a gross game on paper. Um, but like, I don't know, I guess to me, if you just did five of our things and we didn't take the chargers or the Browns money line, which Peter thinks the chargers and you take green Bay minus three, the over in the Browns game, the under in the Seattle game, the Cardinal spread and then the under in this game. It's ten dollars to win two hundred and fifty. Nice. I mean, I think that if you're listening to us this far in the show, I think that's that's a dollar to win twenty five. I think it's worth a dollar. Sure. So,
1: yeah, the Dynasty Monarchy Parlay. We'll set one each week and tweet it out, and you can uh, win some money with us if you want to.
2: Yeah, follow along. I mean, and that's without having Peter's Chargers picking there. Yeah.
1: Right. (laughs) Yeah. I I might end up switching to the Chargers pick, to be honest as well. I we gotta figure out I gotta stare at that Baker cycle for a little bit longer.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you gotta get the the Venn diagram down or whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's gonna wrap it up for the show. We have one last little bit here from Jace. We have a quote and it's from a dear old friend, a friend of England from a long, long time ago.
1: Oh, Yep, this is from uh, Henry the Eighth. Um, he has to say, uh, "Pastime with good company, I love and shall until I die." And uh, I related this back to the two-month anniversary of the podcast. You know, I want to say that it's been a pleasure working with you guys. To all the listeners, it's been a pleasure speaking to you guys. Um, this has been so much fun, and you know, I really hope to keep it rolling. This is probably uh, the highlight of my week is sitting down and talking with you guys. So happy two-month anniversary, y'all!
2: Happy two month anniversary to you two, Jace. It, it definitely, to me, I mean, it really brings me just like comfort. It brings me relaxation, talking to you guys, talking football and stuff like that. So we're two months in. I love it. I really think the only way we can go is up. I feel like every show gets better and better. Um, and we have a lot more in store for you guys between sound bits and different giveaways and stuff like that. So stay tuned. And if you give us a follow, like Peter said, and uh what is it a review we might have something we might be putting you guys in a little hat for a little giveaway so oh, yeah. yeah keep mm-hmm. an
0: eye out keep an eye out very soon for that maybe it'll be a mascot on sleeper
1: oh go some cookies <laughs> cookies on sleeper
0: <laughs> all right that's going to be all for the episode guys thank you again for listening give us a follow on apple podcast spotify wherever you get your podcast follow us on twitter at dynasty monarchy to keep up to date with everything we're doing over there uh and good luck this week in your matchups week five this is when it starts to get real boys are separated from the men to be honest you know some fraudulent three and teams are feeling the losses from this past week maybe they'll lose again mm-hmm. if you started off like one and three, two and four—you get a hot streak going. This is this is where the the season really starts. So mm-hmm. get going on your lineups, get ready, and try to win this week. Peace out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. Farewell, my fellow kings and queens!